now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that. This is our parking brought to you by Right Honda and Right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Number one Toyota dealership. I don't I don't really know if they're the number one, but I do know that it's the number one Honda dealership, probably in the entire region. Of course, I am your host, Jay Finning, recording from my home studio in Gilbert, Arizona. Just got back from Hawaii. The show I will be recapping Hawaii, but there's a little bit of everything, so stick with us. There is my rental car. I haven't had a rental car in a while. You guys know that I love talking about rental cars, what's good about them, what's not good about them. Went on a tour, was also reminded about travel, had an interesting run-in with the TSA, and I forgot that everything in Hawaii is just flat out more expensive. Even if it's not as good, I'm not talking about just food, but even if it's not as good, it's still more expensive, all that and more coming up after this word from Four Wheel Online. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, 4 Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4 Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 4-Wheel Online, the number 4-Wheel Online. So I was trying to decide how I wanted to do this, if I wanted to kind of chronologically take you through my week off. In fact, last week's episode launched, and I had recorded that the week before and had it ready because I was in Hawaii. Wife and I went to the Hawaii, the big island. Had never gone before. Uh, three years ago, we went to Honolulu. We went to Maui. Well, Honolulu is Oahu. We went to Maui, and this time we decided to go to the Big Island. I'm going to hit you guys with some some history. I decided that my rental car is going to go for the rental car of the week. Ran into an old friend, Ryan Chris, used to live here in Arizona. Now he lives in Hawaii. He's lived there for, I think, seven, maybe eight years. Stuck in the 90s on Instagram. But that's some weird stuff happened. So we're at the airport. This is someone we're leaving. First off, every time we travel, we do this thing where we get to the airport, and if there's enough time, we have a Bloody Mary or some sort of breakfast. Leaving Arizona was fine. We got to L.A., sat down, ordered some drinks, and we're kind of hungry because the flight, it was five and a half hours. So we go to L.A., we connect in L.A. The layover was like four hours in L.A., and then the five-hour flight to Hawaii. So I go to use the restroom. And I'm, you know, at the urinal for, so ladies, you know what a urinal is, guys, we all know what the urinal is. And this urinal has the natural, it has the dividers in the middle, which gives you kind of some privacy. So, you know, I'm standing there doing my thing and all of a sudden this huge elbow, this guy next to me decides to rest his entire arm, elbow, probably outweighs me by 50 pounds on the top of the divider. So now I have this elbow in my peripheral vision to the left. And this thing's probably 10 inches from my head. So it's very distracting as a guy kind of moves around, the elbows kind of moving around. It's just, it's very unnatural to have somebody else's body like right next to you. So not every urinal has dividers, 
but the ones that don't have dividers are a little further apart. But then there's nowhere for someone to rest their elbow. So then it's awkward if in the side of your head you see someone looking at you, which never happens. We all, we either look straight or we look down. That's it. No roaming around with our eyes, no roaming around with our heads. But I got this big elbow sitting on top of the divider next to me. Gotta say it was a little weird. Get under the restroom, decide to go tell my wife. I go, you know what just happened to me? I told her the story. The bar had $5 shots and had big signs on each bottle, $5 shots. Ask us about our $5 shots. I don't want to have anything to do with $5 shots. I'm not trying to be a drink snob. Maybe if I'm 21 and I'm going on a bachelor party with the boys, or we're all going to Vegas and we're connecting to the airport, then it's time for $5 shots because that's just what you do. You make poor drinking decisions when you're hanging out with people, but not when you're as a couple, especially when you're as snobby as we are about what we decide to drink. Get on the plane, beautiful long flight, except, and this is where the travel thing happens, except I'm reminded about how lovely travel is. There's a lot of kids on this plane, and I know some of you have small children, And I've always said this, and I will continue to say this, even having traveled with Zeke when he was three, it could be the worst thing. But we have this toddler behind us. There's two toddlers sitting immediately behind us for five and a half hours. One is probably 13 months old. So whatever happens with that is just what it is. The other one, I think, was close to three. Two and a half, three, they were at that age where they couldn't really form a complete sentence. And all little kids sound the same. They're they're kind of like the, you ever watch the, the Asian movies or the anime? And you can tell there's an adult doing the little kid's voice. It's like a little extra. Except for it is an actual little kid in this case. And so you hear that, yay! And so the kid's being restless. I have my large Sony noise ish canceling headphones that I use to edit this podcast. So I brought that with me, had it plugged into my phone, watching some really shitty movies. I'll get into that in a minute. But at some point the guy takes the kid and puts the kid on his lap and I'm a window seat. The guy was a window seat. So now we have this toddler on the guy's lap. My chair keeps moving. I don't want to be that asshole. But one thing I think people forget when they're traveling is you're not at home. You're not in your living room and everybody else on the flight. Not only do we not think your kids are cute. We don't care about you or your kids. And we want you and your kids to shut the fuck up. So they're playing the kid's iPad at volume. At least when Zeke would travel with us, we would give him the headphones and he would just zone out to the headphones or he'd fall asleep. And these kids, they did sleep a little. I'm not going to say it was just complete five and a half hours full of crazy shit. But they're watching this show and then they're doing this interactive thing where they're trying to find something on the screen. So all you hear is, yeah, we did it. Yeah. Yes, you did it. Yeah, we did it. And I'm just like, holy shit. Are you fucking kidding me right now? There's what? 35 rows, 36 rows in an airplane. Three people on one side, three people on the other side. And we get the kids right behind us. And of course, Yvette doesn't care. She's reading her book. She's so she tunes this stuff out. Because we're used to Zeke being over here all the goddamn time. And other little kids. But this is the worst. Get to Hawaii. Pick up our rental car. More on that in a little bit. But I'll tell you, it was a Nissan Altima. 
It was fine. We stayed at the Westin Hapuna Beach Resort, which is on, you know, the Hapuna Beach State Par- Recreation Park, which is actually one of the most beautiful beaches in the entire United States. So that was really cool. So that was kind of north. But everything in Hawaii is different. Now, I don't know why. I always pictured that the big island of Hawaii was just like this one big volcano. And there was like one city. And you know, I bought hiking. Like I bought hiking pants. I bought hiking shorts. I bought like a bunch of shit because I thought we were going to hike for like miles and miles. And I was ready. It's not something I normally do. But when in Rome, or in this case, when in Hawaii, that's what you kind of you expect to do. And we got some hiking in, but not a lot. But everything was far. And the speed limit was, there's one highway, 19, on our side. And it was called, like, Queen Mama Lahoa. Queen, oh, I'm trying to read it now. Queen Kaamanu Highway. This thing should have been 55, 65 mile an hour. I guess what had happened was, at some point last year, they just had way too many accidents. Because we saw, like, a lot of those little memorials on the side of the highway. So then they slowed it down to 45. Now, uh, this is a two-lane highway for the most part, perfectly paved, and there is no passing lane. Because usually when you see this on a highway, there's a passing lane. You know, we can think of, close your eyes and think of any long stretch of two-lane highway where there's plenty of, like, land on the side. And I feel like there's a passing lane, what, every five to eight miles? No passing lane. Now, it's got the the dashes, which tells you when you could pass, and the solid line, which tells you you can't pass. But there's a, it's, it's weird for as long of a highway as it is, it feels like there were some curves, but there was a lot of ups and downs because you're driving on a volcano, essentially. And what was cool about the terrain, I'm going to be bouncing around a little bit here, but the terrain on the west side of the island, it looks like it was always, it's constantly under development. It's almost like you ever driven past like a landfill or just, I don't know, a new development area where all it is is dirt, piles and piles of dirt, except for this wasn't dirt. It's lava rock. So you could stand on it like you can crawl up the side and it's not going to crumble underneath your feet. It's solid and it's very sharp. Like you don't want to fall on this stuff. Like you could seriously mess yourself up, but that's all you have. And it's just miles of this stuff between these little towns. God bless, man. You want to bang your head against the wall trying to drive. Going back to our hotel room is beautiful. We need a bidet. I know I've talked about bidets before. Probably two or three years ago on an episode. Because my first real interaction with a bidet is when we were in Italy. Staying at like a Verbo place. VRBO. And that was... I mean... Look, if you've never used one before, you have no idea what I'm talking about. It sounds foreign. It sounds weird because America, the United States, we're not raised on that stuff. The rest of the world, raised on that stuff. And I took a photo of it because this one has heated water, has a little blower, like a little cool, like a, it's, it's a dry mode, it's like running a hairdryer across your ass. It's, <laughs> it's some good shit. So we're going to do that. You need it. You, you almost, it almost feels disgusting not having that once you have experienced that. Because it is. A little bit more about our hotel room. You walk in and it felt like a real resort that you would go to at like Cancun or 
or Cabo or anywhere that's not the United States, Dominican Republic, with the exception, of course, it's not all inclusive, but it had that feel. And, you know, you walk through the front door and you look in front of you and there's a bar, but then you look past it and the entire backside of this resort is wide open. And then you have the ocean down there and you have the palm trees and is, but, but the thing is the entire city, the entire resort is dead by like 10 o'clock. Like there's only a few people walking around at 10 PM by 11. There's nothing going on. There's no road lights in between the towns. So it's pitch black. Like you're in the middle of the country. You're in the Hawaiian country, but I guess it's attributed to it being a dark site or a black site which has less to do with being a private place for military, like in the movies and more to do with astronomy. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of observatories on the big Island. Some of the best, apparently some of the best observatories in the entire world are on the Island of Hawaii, like the main Island. And a few minutes ago, I said that I thought Hawaii was just one big volcano, but it's not, it's actually made up of like four or five, Active volcanoes. That's the crazy thing about it. And the zoning, so you can buy, so so the real estate is really expensive, as expected, right? But it's broken down into zones. Zone one, two, three, four, five. Houses in zone one are the cheapest, two, almost as cheap as zone one, most expensive zone five. And how that's rated is it's along the path of the volcanoes on the island that are most likely to have an eruption any day, any year now versus the ones that maybe last time they erupted was 20 years ago or 200 years ago, or, you know, there was an eruption in 2018 and that was right along a zone one path and took out, I forgot what our tour guide Todd had said, maybe 700 homes or something crazy like that. But anyway, I have a couple observations here, but let me tell you a kind of a funny story. One night we, and I made my dinner reservations on open table app. So one night we go to one and it was probably 20 miles south of us is Brown's, I don't know, Brown's steakhouse or some shit. It was part, well, we didn't know it at the time exactly, but it's, it was part of the Fairmont. So anytime you book a restaurant that's kind of stuck to a real hotel, you can expect to spend a lot of money. And we spent a lot of money on food and it wasn't always the best food but it was still a lot of money. So I'm driving, I'm doing this Google maps thing. It's like, okay, turn here. So we turn and then we're going down the road that takes us to the restaurant. So it's like, all right, well, in 0.8 miles, I have to take a left and then take a right. And then we'll be at the restaurant. So we get to the 0.8 miles. I take a left. And now it's got the, the entry parking lot with the little guard gates, the kind where you flash your badge and the little, What's that thing? The the barricade, the stick, right? Like the almost like a crossing the railroad. I can't think right now, but the little stick goes up. The little stick goes up and you drive through. I'm like, that's weird. It's weird that I would have dinner reservations at a place where you have to buzz yourself in. So I hit the button, hit the button, hit the button, hit the button. Nothing happens. The light turns on, like it's taking a photo of our license plate, and then the gate opens. The little hand goes up, the little rod goes up. So I drive through and it's like, all right, well, now we're in the back of this giant parking lot. So it says to go forward and take a right. So I turn, I take a right, but as I'm, I'm turning, it's like, I'm not really on a turn lane, like where people or a driving lane where people go up to park. It's the one with the little cross, the little, 
the diagonal stripes, which basically means this is not a parking spot. So I take that over to the next giant cluster of parking. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. It seems like I should go straight, but it wants me to go left and go down further and then take a right. So I'm like, all right, I go down to the left. I get to where I'm supposed to take a right. Because if I keep going, I'm going to run into like a bunch of trash cans and storage. I'm like, this is fucking nuts. So I took a right and I go and it shows me that my destination looks like it's about 100 yards in front of me. But between me and the destination, there's a fence or like a gate and it's open, but it has a sign because it looks like it's going behind something. And it has a sign that says, you know, do not, this is not public access road, you know, authorized personnel only. And we're looking and we can see the other side of this. This thing's only about 50 yards or uh, probably 200 feet, 300 feet long. We can see the other side of it. It's open. I'm looking at that. I go, I don't know if I should go this way, but it's telling me to go this way. It's not telling me to go right, left, and then left. So it looks like it's right in front of us. She goes, yeah, I don't know. Just go. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to go. So I decide. <laughs> so I start driving forward and we get to the other side and it's open. So I'm like, I drive through it. And then I started thinking, huh, this is a pretty narrow path. I am, I told Yvette, I go, you know what? I, I'm pretty sure this is a path for golf carts because it was barely the size of the car left to right. And I go, well, she started snickering. We're kind of laughing about it. And it's like, well, just go. Cause at this point there's really no place to turn around. I go, okay, well, I'm going to drive. And then hopefully this will dump us out in the parking lot. So as I drive, I realize that I am 100% on the little security path that the security golf carts go on. It's not the golf, not, this isn't the golf course. It's the path that like the maintenance people drive the little golf carts on the, the laundry people. And to the left, I have a fence and to the right, I have the back of the hotel, like the suites, the villas, everything. So we're driving. I'm like, holy shit. So I'm kind of winding back and forth on this thing. It's, it's at night. No, you know, not a lot of stuff's going on and get to the end. And it dumps us off at the beach. And so to the right, we can see the golf course pass, but then we see a bay. And I'm like, this is not getting us over there. Because on the other side of the bay, you can see the restaurant. I go, that, that's got to be where we're supposed to go. This isn't going to take us there. At this point, there's a couple on the beach in front of us. And they turn around and they watch us because they're probably like, what the fuck is this drunk-ass person doing driving this car? And so, and there's Nissan Altima on the beach, on the park, the drive path, big old bushes to my right, steps to my left. I end up doing like this 20 point turn, turn the vehicle around, shocked that no security has shown up yet because people have to be watching this on a camera. And so we go, we get back out, end up pulling up to the front of the Fairmont, asking the guy for directions. He leads us out, says, you have to go out the gate that you originally came in. The one that I was stuck hitting the button, take a left and then park, tell them what you're there for, da, da, da. So we end up going to dinner. It's a beautiful dinner. Guy, you know, the live music on the bay is a little cool that night, but that was a crazy experience. My ass was driving on a access road made only for golf carts in this Nissan Altima. So we end up going down to, and I may say this right, Kalua. Kailua Kona. It's a really big, popular vacation spot. I wouldn't, it's not big. It's just really, it's totally a touristy place. It's got the touristy shops and all the restaurants and none of them are good, but they don't have to be good. That's what I always say. It's like, 
when you're a major vacation destination and you have a restaurant outside of a bunch of resorts, you don't have to be any good. Of course, all the reviews are going to say it's well, based on 6,000 stars or 6,000 reviews. It's always like 4.8 or better, but we know better as travelers. And sure as shit, we went to a place called the Fish Hopper. That thing is super popular. The food was eh. The drinks sucked. But walking around the gift shops, kind of looking at things, and we went into one place. We were looking for, I don't know, a hat or something or something for the kids. And, of course, you know, why is Hennessy always locked up? Think about everywhere you ever go. Hennessy is 99% of the time, the Hennessy, even if it's the grocery store, Hennessy is locked up. And I think it's, not to get too cultural here, but it's really sad. Think about who who always talks about Hennessy. You always hear about it in hip-hop. And because of that, huge hip-hop fans, I'm one of them, but I'm not this type of fan. They want that association. I remember in the 90s, you know, listening to Tupac, and he would talk about Alizé and Cristal. We couldn't afford Cristal. Cristal champagne is like $300 a bottle. You could afford Alizé. It's cheap. It's headache medicine. It's delicious. It is straight-up headache medicine. But we would always go out and buy Alizé because Tupac, Alizé and Cristal. And we'd make our own, you know, thug passion, and we would use Andre Spumante or something else. Yeah, terrible. I know Andre Spumante is also liquid headache, $6 bottle of champagne. But we wanted that. We wanted to be that. And nothing else ever talks about Hennessy except for hip-hop. And everywhere you go, the Hennessy, sometimes the Remy Martin, is locked up. And it's not expensive. It's not even really good. It's just cognac. And it's a little sweet. But it's always locked up. And Hawaii is no different. I tried to Google, you know, what's the most stolen liquor? shoplifted and I couldn't really get an answer. Maybe some of you can look it up. You, I was able to find, you know, what are the most stolen items, but that's not really the same thing. That doesn't really get me to where I want to be. So instead it's, you know, what's the most stolen liquor? And I couldn't find Hennessy there. And I think at this point it's just out of habit. Hide it from the hip hop people. They go, they're going to go in and steal the Hennessy. And of course we've seen tons of videos. I'm getting off track here, but we see tons of videos of people running into stores and stealing a bunch of shit and running out. And it's usually call me controversial, but it's usually one, you know, kind of person. And it's, it's embarrassing. It's sad and it's embarrassing. And that's gotta be the reason why Hennessy is always locked up is because of that demographic. We ended up doing a, uh, we ended up doing a tour. I think I mentioned that earlier, but we did a, a 12 hour, tour where they take you around to the coffee place. They take you around to the black sand beaches. Um, you know, first off, also the soil, the volcanic soil, it's magnetic. So you can put a magnet down to it and it has a lot of iron into it, iron in it and it'll stick to the magnet. It's pretty weird. And then we also went to volcano national park and we finished off with doing some stargazing and we learned what's the brightest star in the sky. And most people are going to say the North Star. I'm one of those people. It's not the North Star. It's a star called Sirius, like Sirius Satellite Radio. The Sirius star is, without question, the brightest star in the sky. The reason why we think the North Star is brighter is because it's closer. But Sirius is the brightest star in the sky. So this is the type of shit you learn on these type of tours. But as we're waiting on the tour, 
they didn't come to our Weston, so we had to drive down to the next town, which had a Starbucks. And I think I don't think this island has more than four Starbucks. Honestly, I think we there was only one or two on the on the Kona side. They have a lot of coffee. It is Kona. Kona coffee, one hundred percent Kona coffee. It's made here, and it's very expensive if you buy one hundred percent. That's why a lot of times you get the coffee, the Kona coffee blends. But I digress. So we're waiting at Starbucks, and there's a lady sitting there, an older lady, got the Hawaiian lay on her. She's got the crazy dress, and and you hear her. We're outside, and you hear this noise coming from her, and she's on like a Zoom call. At first, I thought she was doing aerobics, but she's on like a Zoom call. And it was obvious after about 10 minutes, she was on there with family. But it's this weird thing where it's like, lady, I know you're outside. There's Everyone else is outside. Can you can you mix in some Air, AirPods or something? Like she had this on speaker. So you hear her dancing and singing and going, yay, and all that shit. It didn't bother me. It's just kind of one of those things like, are you fucking kidding me? Are these people that disconnected? But next to her, she had... She had a wagon and a baby stroller. And inside these two, like one of those soft wagons that you collapse, you could fold. Between the two, between the baby stroller and the wagon, she had five Yorkies. Like this lady was full send. Imagine that. Old lady at Starbucks, five Yorkies, a baby carrier, a pull behind wagon, dressed in her Hawaiian dress with a flower lay around her. Fuck the world on speaker with her family. You had a, that's like a next level of don't give a crap. So anyway, we get on this bus, this tour bus, Todd. Thank you, Todd, our tour bus driver. Awesome guy. Super awesome guy. Todd, if you're listening to this, which I know you're not, thank you. So we go to this place, to place, to place. And Yvette's like, we go to our third stop at the Black Sand Beach. And she goes, so what do you think of this tour? I go, look. If you're asking me what I think, then you're telling me you don't really like the tour. What's up? Well, I mean, it's cool, but, you know, I just feel like, you know, for the price of money we paid, a lot of this stuff we could just do on our own. I'm like, well, maybe, but I wouldn't have learned half the shit I've already learned without this tour guide. Because when we got on the bus, we were the last people. We were persons 10 and 11 as 11 person crew. There were other couples, but one person, his wife couldn't come because she had back issues. But the way they sat, Yvette and I had to sit in different seats. We couldn't even sit. We couldn't sit next to each other. So she sat at on a chair at the end of a, the row closest to the door. And then I sat up front with the driver. I sat in the passenger seat. So, I mean, it worked out perfect because all Yvette typically does is she sits there and crushes TikTok or texts one of the kids or just watches Instagram videos, just flip. Flip, flip, and every once in a while sends me one of them. I'm trying to learn. So part of it's like, well, if I'm driving because I'm the one who drives everywhere, I don't get to see half the shit that I'm looking at and learning. And, you know, she's not going to pay attention to anything because she's too busy on her phone. She'll tell you I'm always on my phone. That's bullshit. She's always on her phone. Every couple listening to this has this exact same problem. So I told her, I go, well, I wouldn't, we wouldn't have learned nearly as much. Plus, I can't look out the window and enjoy everything because I'm the one who always drives. She goes, yeah, that's cool. That's that's true. So we end up continuing the tour. You know, long story short, we get up to the Volcano National Park area. And this thing is like, you you might as well just be on another planet. 
and it had been rainy. It's really rainy that time, like in this area. I was gonna say that time of the year, but the big the big island of Hawaii is broken up between what they call the dry and the wet side. It rains all over it. Way more rain than we get in Phoenix, but there is a side where all it does is rain, and another side where it rains a little bit. So we went up there to the Volcano National Park. I don't know what the technical name is. I forgot. But we're walking around. I got a ton of photos. I'm going to post them. We're walking around, and you were walking on dried, dried up or rock-hard lava. And he points at places like, see that big, huge ditch over there? That used to be 100 feet lower. And everything you're looking at now was dried up lava magma from over the years. And then you're walking around and it's like, like I said earlier, it's like you're on some other planet. Like they probably could film movies here and convince you that you're somewhere else. They have these things called lava trees. And what a lava tree is, it's when the lava is flowing out of the vent during an eruption and it covers a tree. But before the tree completely burns down, the lava gets hard. So then it looks kind of like this mushroom and it's called a lava tree and it's pretty fucking cool. Another cool thing is everything is gray. It's like black and gray because it's dried up lava. And then you see these bright colors because you see where plants are starting to grow or plants do grow. There's one thing that looks like the freaking sarlacc pit. It's a very organic shape, smooth, but it gets really red as it gets down. It's like, it's organic, like, like an asshole, I guess. <laughs> but, and it's got plants and shit in it. No, an asshole doesn't have plants in it. Sorry for the visual. I'm just a really visual person. Sorry, guys. But that's what it reminded me of. And I'm going to post photos of that just so be looking for that. And then we ended up doing stargazing. You know, we learned about, you know, we've all heard the dog days of summer. We learned that. Remember I was talking about Sirius, which is the brightest star? And I'm going to read this because I didn't memorize This is from nationalgeographic.com. For many, the dog days evoke those summer days that are so devastatingly hot that even dogs would lie around on the asphalt panting. But originally, the phrase had nothing to do with dogs or even the lazy days of summer. Instead, the dog days refers to Sirius, the brightest star in the constellation Canis Major, which means big dog in Latin, and is said to represent one of the one of Orion's hunting dogs. To the Greeks and Romans, the dog days occurred around the time Sirius appears to rise along the sun in late July in Northern Hemisphere. They believe the heat from the two stars combined is what made these days the hottest days of the year, a period that could bring fever or even catastrophe. So in the summer, Sirius rises and sets with the sun. On July 23rd specifically, it's in conjunction with the sun, and because the star is so bright, the ancient Romans believed it would actually give off heat, added to the sun's warmth because the sun and Sirius are lined up with each other. They referred to this time as Dies Canis something, or dog days. Thus, the term dog days of summer came to mean the 20 days before and 20 days after this alignment of Sirius with the sun, which takes place July 3rd through August 11th of each year. That is what the dog days of summer mean. I learned that on this tour. I will say finally, before I move on to the car segment, the rental car segment, is the last excursion we did, because we had like one or two beach days. We were just so busy. It was super windy. But the last excursion we did was swimming with the manta rays. And you don't really swim with them. You kind of float with them. But this had to have been, and no, of course we don't have any photos because you have to get in the water. This was cool. If you ever go to Hawaii, 
If you ever get an opportunity anywhere to do a swimming with the manta rays, do it. What they do is they took you out in the boat. They give you a wetsuit because it is cold out there, a wetsuit top. You have your regular bottom and stuff. And a uh, not a life jacket, but those foam noodle things. You get out there in the water, and they have a surfboard. And the surfboard has these handles attached around the side all around it. And then they have two or three surfboards all tied together, but spread out by like probably 15 feet. And on the surfboards, they have a battery. And underneath the surfboard, it's an ultraviolet light. And it shines in the water. And what that does is it makes the plankton come up from the depths of the water. And the manta rays feed off the plankton. They are harmless. They are 100% vegetarian, but they look crazy. So if you want to think, if you don't think what a manta ray looks like, remember Finding Nemo, the teacher that they all wrote on? That's a manta ray. They got these barbs. They got these, you know, really weird looking horn things, but they're not really horns. But what happens is when you see them come up, when they feed, they do like this barrel roll. So like this really slow backflip in the water and their mouths are freaking huge. Like their mouths are, you can't see my hand, but I want to say it's, they open maybe four inches or more, maybe five inches. And they're this really long oval that can run about probably 18 inches. So what happens is when they do this barrel roll, you can look in their mouth and you can see all the way you see it through all their gills. And they have this little bitty mouth hole in the end. They, I guess couldn't, it's like the size of a human thumb. That's how they feed. So they do these barrel rolls and they get close to you. And I was next to Yvette and, you know, we're kind of, we weren't really freaking out, but the water was cold. Like I was shivering and you're out there for like 30 or 40 minutes. And then, you know, you have the snorkel mask on when the water slowly gets up there. So it was almost like I was getting this Chinese torture test. The water kept like coming up into my nose and I kept on having to empty it out. And then with the, you know, the snorkel breather tube in your mouth, water always leaks in there a little bit. So you start spitting it out. And I realized when I snorkel, because I've snorkeled before, like the first 10 minutes, I'm just trying to breathe normal, but my body won't let me breathe normal. But we don't normally breathe out of our mouths like that, even if you have a cold, because you're, you're basically floating. You try not to sink, and then you, I'm just breathing heavily. And it takes 10 minutes till I just start breathing normally. So I'm like kind of, I'm Joe Cool, but I'm kind of freaking out. But this thing kind of comes up, and when it barrel rolls, this manta ray, one of the times, you're not allowed to touch them, right? But this thing, I swear to God, like I'm not the person who embellishes. Like this, like I'm not it's like I caught a fish this big, you know, and I caught a 12 inch fish, and it was like I made it seem like it was 20 inches. This thing, I I swear it got within eight inches of my face. And same thing with that. We're like, oh my god! But they just keep doing these barrel rolls, and you could reach out. You want to reach out and just kind of like put your hand on their stomach as they roll over, but you're not allowed to touch them. That manta ray experience was the coolest thing. And Yvette was nervous. She did not want to get in the water. And I'm like, why? You, we, we snorkel all the time. Like, we always snorkel. But I don't know. Something about the ocean, man, it's different. That ocean fucks you up. And it's night. They say don't ever swim at night. But it was worth it. It was well worth our time and our money. So it was time to go home. We're leaving TSA. This is, again, we are there for like a week. A lot of stuff I didn't really say, but I got I got all the highlights. I don't want you guys to you know bored you guys. I took a lot of photos in raw format on my phone, 
because the idea is to pick like three or four of those and throw them in, you know, Adobe Lightroom, make them look super nice and pretty, then throw them into Photoshop, clean up any crazy shit in the picture, and then uh, have them printed out. And we're going to have them hanging up in the house. So I took a good giant of these photos. But we're getting, we're at the airport and we're getting ready to leave. And I'm going through the security, the little scanner, and beep, randomly selected. Okay, okay. I got randomly selected leaving here too. I don't really care. My thought is, you know, number one, how random is it? And then number two, I don't have anything to hide. I'm not trying to blow anybody up. I expect you to randomly select other people if they look sus or if they don't look sus because I don't need anyone blowing up my fucking plane while I'm on it. So when we leave this time, you know, it's beep. It's already been randomly selected. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hold out your hands. You know, they do the, if you travel often, sometimes you'll see them do like the little swab on your palms, like the little, with the rubber, I mean, the, uh, the bandaid looking swab and they stick it in the machine and you can't move until it turns green. This time it turned red. I'm like, oh, fucking great. Great. So they ask, can you step over here? We're going to give you a full, they got to talk you through exactly what they're going to do. We're going to give you a full pat down. You know, do you have a problem with that? I'm like, nope. We're going to take out your, you know, under your belongings. We're going to go through your entire bag, check all that stuff. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. So they do the full pat down. It was a long pat down too. I think they did like three times. And then they, they keep every everything in my bag, my backpack, they kept swabbing and sticking the machine swabbing. They probably did it 10 times. Yvette's just sitting there looking at me smiling. I'm looking at her kind of smiling, you know, because it's like, it's whatever. It's inconvenient. But again, I would rather me not get on a plane with somebody who's going to blow our shit up. But I have, I'm trying to think. I have no idea what turned that strip red when they first put it on my hand. I'm trying to think of anything that I had touched that may have been different. I have these... um these motion sickness patches. Maybe I had some of that on my hand. I can't really think of anything else that, that would have done that. You know, before I conclude this part, I forgot to, because I'd mentioned in the opening, everything's expensive. So I always make extra room for alcohol. Anybody who knows me knows that because I, you never know the bottle. I'm going to bring, bring like home a bottle of something. And so what happens is we go to Costco and they had a few things, but then Nothing that we really wanted. We bought some Don Julio 70 and basically killed that throughout the course of the almost full week we were there. But you go to the regular liquor store, which they don't have hardly any. That's your first, you know, red sign. You know, it's your first red flag is that they don't really have normal liquor stores. But then when you find the stuff, they want so much money for it. And I was talking to my friend Ryan about it, and I'm going to talk about him in the next segment because he lives there now. And he said everything is just stupid expensive. Everything. And he's right. You take everything for granted living here on the main island or the main mainland, and once you go out there, everything's expensive. So I was seeing bottles of stuff that should have been like 40 bucks here, and they wanted like $130 there. And so I'm pretty convinced that if I lived in Hawaii, I would drink a whole lot less because it's so hard to get anything good, and anything good you can get your hands on they want way too much money. So coming up, Ryan, Chris, my rental car, and just cars in general. There is no sponsor for rental car of the week. I don't have a rental car of the week all the time. And by the way, Jamie, the 
nomadic x-ray tech is in the big island of Hawaii right now. We missed her by a week. She's working there. She has a Kia Soul, I believe she told me when we were texting the other day. So at some point in the next three months, we're going to check back in with her and get her review of her Kia Soul. This time I had a 2020 Nissan Altima, 54,000 miles on the Odo. But you know, you guys know how I feel about that, but I'm kind of, I'm getting used to it now. I'm getting used to renting a car with a shit ton of miles. It's just, it's, it's all as a result of 2020. It's all a result of the pandemic era moving forward. Last time we were in Hawaii, we had kind of a, like a crossover SUV, a little big for some of the roads we drove on. There were none of those roads on the big island. That was just Maui. Thank God. Like I said earlier, this had normal highways. They weren't wide, but they were really nice and they were really normal. This Nissan Altima, <clears throat> this Nissan Altima was surprisingly great. We didn't even notice the rust on the door until the next day after we rented it. It had rust, but it drove really nice. Great lighting. It had the adaptive um, high beams, the ones where they automatically adjust to oncoming traffic, which is really convenient. Apple integration CarPlay. I think it may have had wire. I don't think, I don't know. Did it have wireless CarPlay? It doesn't matter. I don't use wireless CarPlay, but it definitely had CarPlay, Android Auto, um, no HUD. Air conditioning was perfect. The ride was perfect. Plenty of room for luggage. You know, it was obviously four passenger, but the trunk was huge. And a pretty good looking vehicle. And it was fine. I would have liked to get maybe, I don't know, something something a little more islandy, but um like a maybe a Jeep Cherokee or something or a Jeep Wrangler. But for what we needed, it was perfect. And we drove it a lot. we 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 the the gas mileage was was really good. We drove it, we almost emptied well, we did. I emptied the entire tank going from one side of the island to the other. I didn't really talk about Hilo earlier, but we took a day trip to Hilo. That's the wet side. And we explored and looked at the Rainbow Falls and the Akaka Falls. And we took a scenic route. I just, you know, when, you, when you're on vacation, you see a sign that says scenic route, you should just take it. So we took the scenic route and it was kind of going through this kind of beat up street. And if that's like, this is the scenic route, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, that's what it says. So we're driving around and it's the road. Actually, the roads on the scenic route kind of reminded me of the roads on Maui a little bit. The, the sketchy roads on Maui. Still a little wider, a lot of blind corners, but no cliff to fall off of and almost no traffic. So we go past the botanical preserve or whatever it's called. And I get to this corner. We get to this corner, a right corner, and it's kind of at the top of a cliff. And we see two or three cars just randomly parked there. And I go, oh something's here. There's something worth looking at here. So we kind of looked out of the car to the left and we saw a beautiful bay, almost like a hidden bay. So I go, oh, we decided to park and we walked down. And this was my wife's favorite part. We just discovered this. You walk down a couple hundred feet, a couple hundred yards, and it was wet and rainy, but we discovered this beautiful bay that was filled with black rocks. The, the weather was a little crazy that day because this was the wet side of the island so it's just like this constant drizzle and we got a bunch of beautiful photos and beautiful videos and i can't wait to post those eventually we got back to the car and i know this was supposed to be supposed to be about the car good backup camera this nissan ultima i like i would wreck i would i would i think i would rent it this nissan ultima again it was really nice so the point in all this is if you're out 
you're renting a car or if you're looking to buy a car, I would suggest that Nissan Altima, again, this was a 2020 Nissan Altima, which means with it being 2023, they probably only have gotten better. And it's no longer that weird, ugly Altima that we all think about when we think of Altima. You know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. It was worth it. Going to Ryan Chris, I said earlier we went and visited him. He lives kind of on the wet side of the island, like way on the top of this hill, way in the back of this hill, like basically the last house. I couldn't do it. But he's the guy stuck in the 90s. He's got a wide body and a sex. He's got a R34 Skyline. He's got a FDR X7. He's got a turbo green MK4 Supra, which is the 93 to 98 Supra. I rode in it when he was out here at one of those drag strip events. And then he's got a right-hand drive Supra that he's put a Tesla motor in and Tesla batteries. Thing looks like shit, but he's doing all this stuff by hand. He didn't do any of this stuff when he lived here, but that's how bored he is in this house on this hill. With his rescue dogs and some little pig. But he experimented because he has a daughter, and on her go-kart, he had put he had put some sort of a battery thing on there. And he goes, well, if I can convert this go-kart to battery powered, I might as well do it to a real car. <laughs> and so he did. But he's got this, like I said, he's got this Tesla motor in this Toyota Supra. And then he has another Tesla motor on the floor in his shop and a stack of Tesla batteries. Now, I've never seen EV batteries before, and it's hard for me to describe what this is what these look like, but I want to say they're about two feet long. Each one, they're about 10 inches wide, maybe 12. And they're about two or three inches thick. And each one of those, he said, weighs like 50 pounds. Maybe it's a little bigger, but he has a couple of those. So his plan is to put another Tesla motor in the same car so that you have all wheel drive. And he's going to make it to where you can go forward or backwards in any time, basically independent. And so, he said he's just going to set the rear to go reverse, the front in the front motor to go forward, and just lay on it and just see where the car goes. My thought is the car is just going to start peeling out and slowly sliding to the left or right, depending on where wherever it catches the grip. And he's going to burn through the tires, but he doesn't care. He also has a Tesla Plaid, what, Model S. And I know I talk a lot of shit about Teslas on here just because I can, but... That thing is pretty sweet. I sat inside it. I didn't drive it, but I sat inside of it and kind of looked around. It's got that that yaw or whatever it's called, uh, steering like an airplane would have in it. Y'all, I feel like I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm, I probably sound stupid saying that because maybe it's not called a y'all. Yak? Y'all? Whatever the case. But that thing was super cool, man. It was, it was really good seeing him. I haven't seen him in about seven years since he moved away from here. This guy's got to be bored out of his mind. He's got all these toys and almost nowhere to drive it. The car scene there, it's it's there, but, I mean, understand it's on the big island. It's not crazy cool. And with him living, he lives like 30 minutes away from the nearest town. And once you get off the highway, it's a good 12-minute drive up to his house on this very narrow yet semi-paved road. And so you get to his driveway, which he had fully paid paved with tarmac or whatever so it's soft but it's still not very wide and then uh, his wife has a tesla too and he's got a tacoma and he's blown through three axles trying to dig bamboo out of his yard so don't ever plant bamboo it's very invasive and that is the car segment and that was my trip our trip 
to Hawaii. Can't wait to go back, have another trip coming up to New Orleans. Speaking of, wanted to give an update. So our Arizona Natural Restorations Benefit that was supposed to be April 15th has been postponed until later this year. So I'll give you more details. You can help out at that time if you want to donate to Natural Restorations. Wait until that time to make that donation so that it counts toward our campaign. Also, in the last episode, when talking to NS Extra Chris Cutt, we talked about the video that went viral where the person was complaining about the oil problem in the NSX and wanting Acura to pay for it. That entire story is busted wide open all over social media, and even Roden Track had posted about it. And so the video itself, I think, may have been taken down from TikTok. Some of the questions that I brought up are also being asked by people. Much to my surprise, people are questioning as well, so it's not as open and shut as you would think. In one hand, again, Acura, why aren't they taking care of this? In the other hand, everyone's questioning the ownership of this NSX because it came out that this Speed Place, Speed Vegas, they, and this is a 2021 NSX, it's not a 2017 like like I drove, but they do all their own maintenance on all their cars. They do all the oil changes. So it's easy. It would be easy for Acura to say, uh, that wasn't done by a licensed NSX mechanic. Believe it or not, that is a thing. It was a thing with the old car. It's a thing with the new car, although it shouldn't be rocket science to change the oil. But I don't know. I wouldn't do it. This thing has like four or five, maybe three different oil drain plugs and locations. But if you're not officially licensed, certified to work on the car, it would be easy for a manufacturer to say that it's not no longer covered by warranty. And there's really no debate around it. Should the engine be able to perform if it has an oil issue? You know, should it have an oil issue? Maybe not, but there's just so much we don't know. And there's some sketchiness. There's some grayer. And even if they did everything that they think by the book, the story isn't lining up. So we'll continue to monitor that situation. Also, movies I watched on the plane. I watched three movies that I could think of. One of them is called Vesper. V-E-S-P-E-R. Vesper with a V. I wanted to like the movie a lot. It was super weird. I watched half of it on the way to Hawaii. The other half of it on the way back. No, it's not a 10-hour movie. It's just when I, by the time I got to that movie, the flight was almost over. About an hour and a half movie. It, uh, it's super weird. It's kind of futuristic. I think the premise is there was a pandemic, a plague. Everyone got sick. Something like that. You know how these movies are. But it's a very science fiction, weird look at the future. And it revolves around this girl named Vesper. And she's a brilliant little scientist doing the stuff with these plants. This movie has a lot of cool visuals, has a lot of weird visuals, has a few kind of gross visuals, not gore. Don't confuse gross with gore, but it's just really weird. And by the time I finished the movie, I decided to look it up on Rotten Tomatoes just because I wanted to know. And it's one of those rare movies where the critics loved it and the people were kind of like, eh. I think the critics gave it like a 90 or a high 80, and most of the people are like around 40s. And to be honest with you, I'm surprised it even got up to 40. Like, I wanted to like it. But by the time it was over, it was just, it was a little weird and confusing. You know, I understood the ending, but it was still a little weird. One of the other movies I watched, this is going to be a candidate for the worst movie in 2023 for me. It's called Maneater. 
not going to tell you too much about that movie. I knew it wasn't going to be very good when I started watching it. It's like a poor man's, it's like the wish.com version of the Meg. Remember that movie with the giant shark? This one has a killer shark on the loose that is killing people for sport. I'll tell you one thing. There's a scene where a girl early gets, she's on her surfboard and she gets attacked by the shark and you can see when the shark grabs her, it's like a mannequin or something. Like you shouldn't be able to see that in a movie. It's like a mannequin for crying out loud. So I kind of set the tone. And then the guy, the main hunter, he has like this bandolier of shotgun shells. And when he shoots this shark, he just unloads and he never reloads. I think he probably shot the shotgun eight to nine, eight to 10 times without ever reloading. And now that I think about it, I don't think I even saw the shotgun shells pop out. So it's that kind of movie. And finally, the third movie I watched was Devotion, a 2022 film with the guy from Maverick, not obviously Maverick or Goose, but the other guy who was kind of Goose's rival, super cocky guy, good looking dude. And then Jonathan Majors, who is the new black guy that's in every movie. He's in the new Creed movie. He plays King the Conqueror. And this was based on a true story. And I really like this movie. It wasn't satisfying, but the fact that it was based on a true story was kind of good. I don't know what it rated. I didn't look it up, but that was a it was a good movie to watch on the plane. It's not something you would watch multiple times, but it was a good one timer. I, I really like watching movies based on war that are based on actual events or based on real things. Just like uh, what was it Midway or Pacific? The movie came out a few years ago about the Battle of Midway. That was solid too, and it looked it looked dumb in the previews. But knowing that that was also based on an actual event made it even more better, more better, made it even better. So with that being said, I want to thank Wright Hunt and Wright Toyota, Scottsdale, Arizona, fourwheelonline.com, and Cell Shop Wireless Services, Patreon business supporter, Kuya Automotive out of Warren Garden, Florida, Pell Construction of County, Michigan, B House, Small Home Design out of Ashburg, Virginia, and Traverse City, Michigan. Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals out of Glendale, Arizona. Last but not least, Shaving Success with the West Tankersley out of Boise, Idaho. Catch myself and West Tankersley every Wednesday on Instagram only. Instagram Live, 7 o'clock Pacific. We had a little hiccup last week. Uh, Instagram didn't want to work. So, also coming up this next weekend, finally, is the Tempe Beach Concourse. So, I will be there. I will probably be recapping it in a little bit next week on next week's episode. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, I'd love to have you join the Patreon for as little as three hours a month and get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. Head over to hardparkingpod.com. Check out the website. There's really nothing to it. If you want to pick up some show swag, go to the shop, buy some stuff, support the show. Special thanks to Mark Stillman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Oscar Andrew Buckley. Speaking of Richard Graves, he and Liz, who have been on the show before in the past, were here in studio. So I'm going to be playing that for you coming up in these next few weeks. We had a good time. Talked about cars. Talked about all sorts of stuff. If you have any questions, you can email the show at hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning and join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook page. I can't grow without you telling the world how great the show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. And I'll talk to you all next week. Shut up! <laughs> a beater.